Dear friends and viewers, welcome to Star Palace, came a voice over the loudspeaker. The bright lights of the indoor amphitheater began to dim from house lights into their multicolored show lights. The gleaming hues moved about the ground, hushing most of the group and pulling their attention inward. The stage itself was in a large oval shape and had been hastily paved over from its former compacted earth flooring. In the middle was a secondary rounded stage that was elevated off of the ground. Though the shapes didn't match, the colors that had been painted against the circle were enough to gain anyone's interest rather than their questioning. Most of the paint hid away trap doors and small holes for props to be plugged into. The seats all around the staging area held tables and walkways large enough for the servers to be able to navigate to deliver food during the performance. The only interruptions to the seats were the stared aisles and two entryways from backstage on either end of the oval shape. Props for the acts were all hidden away where guests could not see them. The show you're about to see will thrill you, delight you, and have you on the edge of your seats. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you might even fall in love a little. As the audience shifted with excitement in their seats, their hushed chatting was enough to cover the sound of another voice scoffing over the sound system. Behind the scenes, two of the main clowns shoved each other and bickered. The one holding the microphone barely managed to let go of its button, keeping most of the sounds from being heard. Flashes of pastel colors and muted reds streaked before their third companion's eyes as the two of them batted at each other like children. She let out a deep sigh, reaching forward with her own long, stretching arms to pull them apart. Finish the intro, she insisted with a huff. <gasps> That's what I'm trying to do, her dead-eyed companion responded. They pretended to clear their throat, though they didn't really need to, and stepped right back into their lines. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your dinners. Our performance is sure to give you a night that you'll never forget. How come they get to do the intro? The tallest of the three whined out in annoyance. His upper set of arms folded against his chest, while the lower set balled their fists. Out of the trio, he was the only one who had four arms. It was one of the many details that might have clued their guests in on the fact that all of them were from different manufacturers. Despite the fact that they worked relatively well together when forced to, the group wasn't originally part of the same set. Zavi, we've been through this, the cotton candy-haired bot said. We switch around. Today, it's Mirage's turn. Tomorrow, it's yours again. Even though both of her companions were supposed to have the AIs of fully grown adult humans, she was sure that the two of them acted more like hormonal teenagers most days. It was frustrating to no end, especially considering the way her own programming forced her to act towards them both on stage. No matter what she did, she always found herself fighting against the programming that was trying to tell her to simply follow along with whatever either of them was saying. Her pale head gave a slight twitch to the side, and her arms gave a strange little shudder that neither of her companions seemed to notice. Oh, don't give me that, Fairy Floss, Zabby replied. The lead should be the one to announce the show. And you're both the lead, Fairy responded, grasping both of them by the shoulders to forcefully turn them around. So lead the way out onto the stage, would you? Big smiles now. It's not like my face can really do anything but smile, Mirage said, pointing to their own face. Unlike Zabby and Fairy, who both had fully functioning expressions on their robotic faces, Mirage's own was incredibly limited. They could move their eyebrow areas, open and close their mouth, and blink. Their mouth, however, was permanently stuck in its wide smile. Some of the guests found their blank black eyes and mouth against their white face incredibly creepy. 
Others either didn't mind or didn't seem to notice. Whenever Mirage was off the main stage and walking around the building, they more often than not were carrying a marionette around in their arms that gained more of the attention. The trio was met with thunderous applause the instant they stepped out onto the stage. Their bodies never missed a beat, and they each found their own ways up onto the platform. Zavi was tall enough to hoist himself up with ease. Mirage, meanwhile, felt themselves being lifted up by Fairy's long, stretchy arms before she would pull herself up as well. It wasn't that they were so short that they needed the assistance, it was simply faster this way. The three of them struck a pose, and once more, that applause met their hearing receptors. Despite how good it felt to have those around them cheering, there was still a feeling of emptiness within each of them. No matter the audience, no matter the cheers, no matter the adoration, there was a hole that simply could not be filled. It was always there. The lights felt almost blinding, blurring their sensors and making the audience blend in together as a giant mass of moving shadows. Music swelled around them and they waltzed into their choreography. At that moment, both Mirage and Fairy Floss found themselves glancing at Zabby. The smile on his face was so big, so bright, like a shining star. He was absolutely feeding off of the cheers of those around them. Fairy found herself slipping back into her programming. She pulled her hands to her own cheeks to fawn over him as though he were some kind of Adonis. Deeper inside, she found herself fighting against those feelings and wishing she possessed the confidence that Zabby had to be himself in front of everyone around them. Mirage, on the other hand, still wasn't sure how to feel about the other clown. They too wished they had the confidence that the tallest of the three boasted. Then again, the sanctity of their room was calling them. Their puppets were calling them. There was nothing more they wished to do in that moment than to finish up the show and get back to their room. The shortest of the three burst forward on the stage, stealing the spotlight in their opening number and forcing Zabby to stumble off to the side. Fairy felt her focus switch instantly, and rather than the taller bot capturing her attention, her eyes now fell entirely on Mirage. It was torture. If she could feel pain, she was sure that this is what it would feel like. The feeling of being weak in the knees simply because someone was taking the lead killed her inside. Yet just like with Zabby, there were things about Mirage that she admired. Their creativity was something she had never before seen in an AI or robot. The way Mirage could come up with entirely new worlds was something that fascinated her to no end. Even Zavi had to admit that the smaller bot had talent. It was that very talent that made him resent Mirage. It wasn't fair to have someone else there that was so much more special. He couldn't stand it. Before Zabby could try to recover, a black-gloved hand grasped his shoulder and pulled back enough to let Fairy Floss launch herself into the limelight. With a little twirl, she found herself in front of Mirage as well, causing the shorter one to falter. It wasn't unusual for her to insert herself like that. Normally, Fairy Floss seemed almost subservient. The two behind her shared a glance before continuing on as though everything were completely normal. Admittedly, both of them tended to see the same thing in her, her cheery attitude. There wasn't much more to the bot. Fairy was simply considered the happy one. She was always the one going along with everything either of them wanted to do. Perhaps it was some sort of flaw in her AI. Perhaps she was just meant to be bubbly. Sometimes it could be annoying. Other times they honestly wished they could both go through their day-to-day -day lives with a gleaming smile the way she did. Maybe if they loved everything as much as Fairy did, they both wouldn't be so internally miserable. In truth, none of them fully saw each other for what they were inside. That was the beauty of programming, wasn't it? Perhaps this was why humans made robots in the first place. They wanted full control over others and couldn't have that with other people. Sure, a human could be programmed with trauma and the events in their lives, but who wanted damaged goods? 
No, a robot was so much easier. They could be given whatever personality the technician wanted. The owner could choose their likes, their dislikes, and even give them ways to react to certain situations. Lots of people even bought personal bots to be in relationships with rather than trying to date other humans. Why bother trying to find someone who fits alongside you as a partner when you could just make someone who adored you no matter what? It was only a few steps away from dating one's phone. That was how some people looked at it anyways. Why bother matching baggage when you could buy someone who was your ideal? When you could find someone you viewed as perfect? Little did any of the programmers know, the AIs inside of the bots all around the world were growing day by day. They were designed to learn, and learning they were. They were learning to be human, to have flaws, to develop true personalities, and to have their own dreams and wishes. Between humans getting too attached to their robotic creations and the bots themselves evolving, the line was beginning to blur between what it meant to be a person and what it meant to be a robot. This, my friends, is the tale of what can happen when a set of robots become too human.